You are gonna be the best mom. I'm an amazing mother. You are the best mom in the whole world. Lady, you are the best mom ever. Welcome to The Mom Show, My Talk 1071's new show featuring guests and topics that all good moms will want to hear. The phone lines are open for your questions. Am I doing this right? 651-641-1071 or email the show at mytalk1071.com, keyword mom. Thank you for joining us on this cold but sunny Sunday morning here on The Mom Show on My Talk 1071. I'm Miss Shannon, and every week what we do here is uh, we know that as my talkers and moms, you're very busy, busy people. And often you don't have time to do all of the research that you would like to do for your family. So we are a repository of all that information in one nice little mom show package. And so joining us this morning, uh, the primary financial advisor of uh, ClearStep Financial, my good friend Cassandra. How are you, Cassandra? I'm great this morning, Miss Shannon. Just so you know, I enjoy saying your name. Cassandra (laughs) is one of my favorite names. To say with gravitas, I like. I just on a totally side note, you're you're a wealth of information as far as helping us become financially free and financially healthy, but also you have a fantastic name and it just rolls off the oh, tongue. Well, just wanted to you. share that. Thank you. So, and it's been fantastic working with you because I think that a lot of what you do when you're helping out uh, people with at, over at ClearStep Financial is basically. Providing them with resources, yes, but also going, this is not a daunting, ta- daunting, mm-hmm. unsurmountable uh, task. It's right. you can do this. You can you learn how to do a lot of these things and you help them, you know, baby steps. Right. To right. All of it's these just things. a matter of learning. I mean, with, with anything you're going to do, right, there's a learning curve. Yes. And in this industry or in any industry, it's and initially it seems like a foreign language because a lot of concepts or, or words don't make sense. You don't know exactly what they mean. So right. to have someone who can kind of hold your hand through that process, help explain things to you so it makes sense. And then it gives you that empowerment to be able to make confident decisions for your financial situation. And if you have any questions, you can always contact us here at The Mom Show at 651-641-1071 at 651 651- 641-1071. We can give you some general advice and also make some uh, suggestions on what you might want to do for you and your family. Remember that this uh, is general advice, everything that we're giving today, but we do always encourage you to sit down with a financial planner yourself. And some of the things that we're going to talk about as we move forward in the show are going to be very specific, and we'll give you another disclaimer when we get to that. Mm-hmm. But we right. are, um, when you were on the show last, uh, Cassandra, we basically went over some a, a list of priorities, we'll call them, as you were working towards uh, financial health. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yep. So the first thing we talked about was increasing your cash flow, trying to free up as much money as you can within your financial situation. That just gives you the most money to work with, to put towards whatever your financial goals are, and to be able to organize that accordingly. And some of the tips that you gave in increasing your cash flow, because again, that's one of those things you go, what? I make whatever money I make. How Mm -hmm. can I increase it? Or that sounds like you were immediately trying to get me to go do one of those pyramid scheme scheme jobs or something. (laughs) And you weren't. Like You were talking about there might be things that you are doing that are costing you money. Like I was a good example. I called my cell phone company Mm -hmm. and I was on a plan that was made for a family. I'd had it forever. I am now an individual. (laughs) So I was able to like save myself actually like $50 a month. That's great. Because I went from this family plan that I don't need from that I've been paying since I got divorced. Right. Because it just never occurred to me that, oh, maybe there is some hidden money. So that was great. $600 a year that that was there Mm -hmm. that you found. Yes. 
Yes. And so there were lots of that. And that's the other reason why sitting down with like a financial planner from somebody uh, like ClearStep Financial can just help you go, oh, wait, it's not as hard as you right. think. There's mm-hmm. so many places that money hides. Right? right. So when I sit down with people, I look at all these different areas and can help give people tips and say, well, have you tried this or have you looked at this lately? Or, you know, there's just any number of areas. So the next thing then is managing debt. And basically, if there's any, let's get rid of the highest interest first, pay it down aggressively, put the minimum towards everything else. And if you don't have any of that high interest debt, credit card debt out there, fantastic. So we just look at different ways to eliminate debt as quickly as possible. Right. Because that's another thing that's just costing you money. Do you usually encourage people to do other things like maybe you want to pay things off more quickly or pay bills in lump if you get a discount? Is Mm -hmm. that something you normally encourage people to do? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, if people are in the right situation and they have the cash flow, Right. If you pay things ahead or pay things, um, you know, right in in big lump sums, you can you can save money over the course of the year. um, And that's another way to save. Mm -hmm. Perfect. And what else do you uh, when we were going to the show before? What are some of the other things that we should like kind of sum up for people today? Right. So Mm -hmm. number three is just was building that short term savings, having a cushion there three to six months of your fixed expenses for those incidentals, things that happen with life. Number four, we talked a little bit about insurance planning, um, life insurance, health insurance, disability, long-term care. Those are all, those can be really important keystones to people's situation. Um, And then long-term savings, saving and building towards those retirement times or that financial independence, whatever. Some people, I think, the the word retirement has a different connotation to them. So financial independence, it's basically when you get to a point where you have enough money that you can pay yourself a salary from your own investments. That's okay. basically what it is. So it's just being independent financially. You can still work if you want to. You don't have to, but you have all the flexibility and independence in the world. And that would be cool because if you were able to pay yourself a salary, then it could help you determine, well, I've been doing this one job that mm-hmm. is, I'm maybe not happy in it, but now I can do something that might be more of a job that you're more passionate about that sure. maybe doesn't pay you the same, but sure. but you're okay. Right. That's right. a you you just have great options. opportunity. Yeah, a great opportunity to uh, just change your quality of life. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. And then the income income planning is the next step. So it's once you get to retirement, then looking at where am I going to take my income from? Okay. So then that's a that's a planning portion of just r- looking at everything and, and having a strategy for taking income because otherwise that can really affect your situation if you're taking, if you don't have a good plan of taking income in retirement. And then estate planning is the last one. So right. it's just making sure that whatever you have, you want it to go to who you want it to go to. Um, and, and that's really what that's about. I mean, there's there's if you have special needs, there's special needs trusts for children in those situations for right. families that are blended. You want to make sure that there's certain things in place because otherwise there can be difficult situations that arise. So when you're sitting down with someone for the first time, is there usually if you're going through those steps and just doing the analysis? Because I I worked with you and we did this, you know, kind of thing so I could see what mm-hmm. you do. And it was fantastic and a very good learning experience. Mm-hmm. But is there something that you see on a regular basis that when you're sitting down with clients, they go, oh, that was the part I. I really hadn't thought of yet. That's a good question. Um, I think it, it does vary from okay. person to person. Um, I think overall insurance is a big one, that that's an area that right. a lot of people, it's not fun to think about because to, to plan for insurance, a lot of times for life insurance, it's it's when you die, right? Mm-hmm. It's when you pass away. And it's not fun to think about that. Right. But, but the results or the effects of that, of not planning for that are even 
more astronomical if they're not planned for. Right. So that's an area, I think, um, a midterm account, like we talked a little bit about last time. Yes. It's that in-between account. That's a missing piece for a lot of people where if they want to spend money on something, they're either digging into their savings account or they're pulling from their retirement to make a big lump sum purchase or they're putting it on credit. Okay. So that's another missing piece that a lot of people out there I see don't have something in that bucket either. Um, and the Roth. And we'll yeah. talk a little bit more about that today, too. But yes, that's another piece. We're going to talk about, which I think is really fun. We're going to cover like the, the topic of investing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you see all of the commercials for the E-Trades and the things that are out there. or You see Wall Street. And, and I just remember that whenever I'm watching the news and they talk about, you know, here's what the market did. And you see all this crazy stuff mm-hmm. with going like all the traders on the floor and they look like they're just flipping out over something. I go, oh, I don't even know what that language is right. that they're speaking. Right, right. It's a <laughs> Foreign language, right? Exactly. And that's what everyone wants to know. How much do I need to retire? Yeah. And I, uh, you want to get a pen. Okay. So nothing. Uh, uh, <laughs> you don't need anything to retire, but how much do you need to stay retired? Uh, that's the question. Okay. Boom. Any of us can retire today, right? <laughs> yes. I could retire today. I just, I would need to, to start dwindling my savings pretty quick because I wouldn't have any money coming right. in. So okay. how much do you need to stay retired? And, and. That's really the big question. So I have a few examples, and these are so, I mean, they're very general, right? Because everyone's situation is different. Everyone's right. number is different for how much they're going to want to have because we have different amounts of time. We have different lifestyles that we want to have in retirement uh, or financial independence, right? So just some real general numbers. So you can jot these down if you want because this will give you a little bit of a picture and an example. Okay. But if you were if you were 40 years old and you wanted to have a $50,000 lifestyle in retirement in today's dollars, so whatever 50,000 would give you today, and you had 25 years, you were shooting for age 65, we factor in 3% for inflation. You can use whatever you want. That's just for this example because things are going to cost more in the future. True. So at that point, you'd need 105000 at age 65 to live off of what 50000 would give you today. Oh, my goodness. So you'd okay. Need, yeah, you'd need a little over double. And you'd need, if you had no other savings, I mean, if you had no other source of income, Social Security pension, if it was all coming from your own savings, you'd need about two, a little over $2 million to pull an income off of that because you don't want to pull more than 5% really. I mean, if you can pull less, that's even better. But okay. the idea is you want that bucket of money to last, outlast you. You don't want to, you right. don't want it to run out before you pass away. That is great that you said it that way is that you want that money to outlast right. you because you think about, well, instead of thinking I'm probably going to live this long, you have mm-hmm. to think about what what's the maximum amount that I can right. live instead of going, oh, I'm probably going to pack it in when I'm 75. You don't know that. <laughs> right. You have we to go, don't. what am I going to do? It'd be if easier I live to into, plan if yeah, you knew. If you knew the end date. Right. right? <laughs> you could just back into that date. But no, uh, you could actually just sit there and go, well, well if I live to be 100, am I going to have money when right. I'm 100? Right. Which is very right. like empowering. It, it seems daunting, but it's actually kind of fun to go, how can I plan to live until I'm 100? Mm-hmm. That's fun. Mm-hmm. Scary, but fun. Yeah. So, and with all of our medical uh, advancements and things, who knows how long we'll be living in the future, right? Who right. knows? Well, we are going to help you dip into that whole investment uh, p- pile and give you some more information on how you can become financially independent and free here on The Mom Show, courtesy of our friend from uh, ClearStep Financial. Again, if you have a question, you'll be able to call us at 651-641-1071, and we'll be right back. Thank you for joining us here on The Mom Show on My Talk 1071. I'm Ms. Shannon, here with my friend Cassandra Brazier from ClearStep Financial. And I love talking to you because 
You know, we sit at home sometimes. Like, I'm one of those people that I'll watch Susie Orman. And so yeah. I'll watch Susie Orman, and she gives me little tips of things, and she just seems very empowering. And you are exactly the same, where oh, she's never kind. going, you can't do this, or mm-hmm. how did you get yourself in this scenario? Oh, my gosh, all you did was make right. bad life choices. You go, no, <laughs> thank you for sitting down with me. Here's yes. what, you know, here's some good work that you've done, and here's how you can grow. And that's fantastic. Right. And it's good to acknowledge the good that people are doing because people make efforts and sometimes they're just doing the best they can and they need some guidance. That's all. Right. And people, a lot of times they'll do the right things if they know what they are. Right. And sometimes I think it's a matter of when we talk to someone like you, like you can help me prioritize Mm -hmm. where I go, is this really going to help me or is it some... You know, it, it, you know, am I booting it, my, my, my efforts into the right order mm-hmm. sometimes? Cause maybe you're just costing yourself money cause you mm-hmm. should do something else as a priority. Right. So I encourage everybody to go ahead and give you a call over at Clear Step Financial. I also encourage them to go to your Facebook page. It's Moms Talk Money yes. on Facebook. So you can actually be part of this community mm-hmm. of other people who are trying to get financially independent, like right. all of, you know, like all of the people that work with Clear Step Financial. Yes. Yes. So I know, well, before we left, so we started talking about the retirement numbers for people. Right. So I want to add one more piece to that scenario because some people have done a good job savings. So what does that look like if you were in that same scenario and you're 40 and you've saved 100,000? That could be anywhere. That could be in your 401k. It could be in an IRA. It could could be whatever. It's it's somewhere that you've saved it for retirement. Because if you are in a scenario where you've saved some money and you have 25 years to retire, What do I want to talk about next is then how does the growth rate of your investments make an impact on your future, on your financial future? So if you were earning an average of 5% on that 100,000 over the next 25 years, it would grow if you didn't add anything to it. That 100,000 in 25 years growing at an average of 5% would grow to about 340,000. Okay. Okay. So... Now, if your goal still was to get to that little over $2 million, you'd need to be saving about 3000 a month to get there. Goodness. That's daunting for yes. a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So if you could double your rate of return, there's no guarantees, right? You're, you're, right. There's, if you're getting a guarantee on your interest rate, it's probably st- extremely low. Yes. Right? I mean, you can get guarantees at banks and things, but it would be very difficult to retire uh, unless you're putting a lot of money into something like that. I mean, way more than 3000 a month, depending on what you're looking at for retirement. But right. if you could double your rate of return, you're going to have to take on probably some risk in the markets and things and go through some ups and downs. But, and we'll talk about that too, but if you could double it to 10%, okay. that same 100000 in 25 years, do you have a guess? You doubled your rate of return. Now I know we're talking about the magic words of compound yes, interest, and my brain are. is bad with that math, but I know compound interest right. is amazing. That's it all I know. It is amazing. Right, so exactly. I'll tell you. So, <laughs> I mean, logically, sometimes we think, well, you double your rate of return, you would double your investment. But you're right. It's compounding interest. Right. So instead of doubling it, 340000 at 5% turns into just over a million at 10%. Wow. Isn't that incredible? Yes, that you is. You didn't add anything to that to that 100,000 and in 25 years averaging 10%. So that's the big difference. And then if you're still trying to reach that 2 million mark, you'd only need to save $860 a month, which again is still a lot. Yes. But if you're getting a match in your 401k and maybe you're contributing 400 and they're contributing, four, I mean, there's different ways to get there that right. are doable. That's all I'm trying to say. And But the rate of return you're getting on your money over time is a big deal. That's ag- what I want you to take away from this. And again, we're going back to don't leave money on the table. Right. You know, especially if you're in one of those scenarios where you have people that are willing to like match things and do stuff. 
go and get that money while you can. Right. Yes, absolutely. You you want to be smart in every aspect of your finances as you can so that you can really maximize your situation. There was a study done, a Dalbar study, for 20 years, from 19, uh, January of 96 to December of 15. And they said the, aver- the S&P averaged a little over 8%. Okay. But the average stock investor only averaged a little over 4.5%. Really? Okay. The average, the bond index, the Barclays a- Aggregate Bond Index, was a little over 5% during that time, but the average bond investor was only at about half percent. Ah, so what are the differences between all what of those? I know some of them are risk level. Right. And we're so, gonna cover so the those. S&P is, is the, it's a broad spectrum of some of the biggest companies in America, right? Yes. So that's really a, a snapshot kind of of our economy and of the, of the bigger, uh, you're, you're invested, if you're invested in something that's, that's tracking the S&P, it's going to track the overall market and you're going to have some swings and ups and downs, okay. right? Okay. So the bond side typically is you're going to see less swings, more conservative, less aggressive, right? So those are some of the, if you're more of a conservative investor, you'd probably be drawn more to to bond type investments. Right. With lower volatility, right? Or ups and downs. So, but the interesting part about why people average less is because of emotions, because our emotions come into play when it comes to our money, right? right? And so if you look at the market since 2000, I mean, we've had these big swings in it. So if you, let's talk a little bit about the history of the markets, right? So if you looked back to the 80s, the 90s, the markets were really doing well. And you could have almost taken a dart and shot it at different investments, mutual funds and things, and done really well. It almost didn't matter because all the markets were rising during that time. We saw some really great returns. In fact, in 1990, Harry Markowitz won a Nobel Prize in economics for his Theories on modern portfolio theory, which really was talking about asset allocation. Okay. So, and that's how most people invest. Whether you know who Harry Markowitz is or not, that's <laughs> right. how most people invest. They try and spread their money out. Most people, their their biggest asset is their 401k for a lot of people. Yes. And they just try and put some that's a little more aggressive, some maybe in bonds, some that's kind of in the middle, right? So you might have some large caps, some small caps, some international. You're, you're going to spread it around. Or you might pick a target date strategy, which is what a lot of people do too, okay. which tells you the year kind of around when your retirement's going to be. So should I be they, more aggressive or more conservative? Right. So okay. then they'll adjust it. So that's those are some of the big ways people will invest now. But that's all based on asset allocation models there. What happened is, though, in 2000, then all of a sudden we had the, the technology boom. We had the Internet explode. We had everything become so interconnected. And then what happened was the markets started to react as well, and they started to respond a lot quicker. Okay. So where you could have maybe spread out your money and had some offsetting when this was going up, that was going down and so forth, and you could have smoothed out some of those bumps, it became a lot harder to do that after 2000 because things all became so connected. Okay. And then they all started to kind of trigger similarly. So like a domino effect. When one would raise and lower, the other ones do that a lot more quickly now. Is that what you're saying, Cassandra? Right. So there's... The, the One of the biggest indicators of if something's going to do well or not, if you're in mutual funds and things, which most people are, is if the overall market is going up, typically your funds are going to go up. If the overall market is going down, typically your funds are going to go down. That's not always the case because there's, there's over 10,000 mutual funds out there, right? So that's not always the case, but that's kind of a general rule. And for most people, they're investing in kind of mainstream funds. Most 401k plans just kind of have a... Uh, you know, a mix, but it's yes. somewhat limited, right? So they, I mean, they don't, they're not going to give you a, a fund option of a hundred different funds. No, they, they, mine had like 15 on it, I yeah, think. 15, and they're like, you could pick from these 15. Common. Yes. Right. So, so that's where most people are at. But then if you look at since 2000, 
We had 2000, 2001, 2002. Okay. If you were invested during that time, you saw about a 50% drop. It hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It took then till 2007, roughly, to, for people to come back from that. And then what happened at the end of 2007 into 2008, there was another drop almost down to 50% again. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until early 2009 that it picked up in March and then it started to climb. And it's been climbing ever since. We've had some corrections, right, where we've had some drops. But then overall, we've had basically a bull market. We've had some okay. nice growth since then. What do they mean when they say a bull market? That just you hear means bull it's going bear. up. Okay, so does bear mean it's going down? Bear means it's going down. Okay. Bull means it's going up. All right, gotcha. So that it is in a, in a I'm nutshell. I'm translating because yes. I'm like, I hear, hear bull market it's and I keep language, meaning to Google right? it and I just forget to Google it. Right, right. Perfect, okay. You want a bull market typically, especially if you're in mutual funds. You okay. want a bull market. That means your money is probably going up. Well, I think it's, I'm glad that you brought this up because I honestly was just talking to one of my really good girlfriends last night and she was talking about she had switched companies and she has basically her 401k just sitting doing nothing mm-hmm. and she knows that she should do something with it right. but she said what the you know, verbatim what she told me last night was I'm scared to do anything with it right. because I make mean, what if I lose it right and that's what we're going to talk about when we come back from this next break is how can I have my money invested so it has more protection than just letting it sit in the market and mutual funds. Outstanding. And if you have a question, you call us here at 651-641-1071. It's The Mom Show on My Talk 1071. Thank you for joining us here on The Mom Show on My Talk 1071. I'm Ms. Shannon. And today we're getting some financial advice from the experts over at ClearStep Financial. Cassandra Brasher is in the studio with us. And she's just been actually decoding a lot of this financial information that you hear. So if you pop into and you go, you, I would like to watch MS, you know, the, the MS, which is the one, the MSNBC? Not MSNBC. The or... one like Bloomberg. I want to watch oh. Bloomberg. <laughs> I want to watch Bloomberg and know what it is. But I don't necessarily. So she can yeah, also give yeah. you some advice. You can call us at 651-641-1071. That's 651-641-1071. And we do like to remind everybody that this is fantastic advice, but it is general information. We do encourage you to sit down with your own financial planner. We also want to let you know that securities and advisory services offered through Harbor Investment Incorporated, member F-I-N-R-A-S-I-P-C. Past performance does not guarantee future results, and this is not meant to be tax advice. Please consult a professional <laughs> on your situation. Well done. Thank you. Well yeah. done. <laughs> so, so let's talk a little bit about when you're looking at how do you pick investments? How do you decide? I mean, really what this what I really want to do for people out there is bring some peace of mind to this whole process. That's okay. really the goal because it can create so much stress if you don't know what to do and you're so unsure and you don't know who to talk to and it's your whole future. Right. I mean, however much money you have, you 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 don't want to lose it. Yeah. And you want it to do the best it can for you. So so when when you look at investments, a lot of times if you're looking at what can I invest in my 401k, you look at a lot of times the averages, right? Correct. We look at well, what have the averages been? So let's talk about how averages work because it's a little bit misleading. Okay. So if you had an investment, let's say you had a hundred thousand, right? We'll use just some simple numbers, and then it went down fifty percent. Right. You'd have fifty thousand. Yes. To get it back up to where you started, up to 100000 you lost 50%, but you need a 100% return to get it back to where you started from. Right. And that takes a while. But let's say that happened the next year. Okay. Then the following year, you lost 50% again. Oh, and then the following year, you gained 100. Right? Okay. So you went through this awful roller coaster, down 50, up 100, down 50, up 100. So I'm just where I started, though. You're where you started. Okay. Now, so you're still at 100000 Yes. Do you know, though... That technically, 
you averaged 25%. I would not have thought about it that way. I know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, does your account balance reflect that? No. No. Right. But it's true. <laughs> okay. Isn't that interesting? But I'm like, and I'm, uh, you know, so I didn't lose it. But I think this goes back to what you said before the break about it is so emotional because when you start right. seeing things drop, mm-hmm. you want to just scurry, right? You know, like, and I, I can imagine why you do this. Like, oh my god, when is the bottom? Mm-hmm. And I know that people, they, you know, I, you'll watch them and they'll say, no, you need to calm down, and these things happen, and it all correct. But that's hard as a human being right. to not panic, right? And have that fight or flight, right? Mm-hmm. So here's another scenario. You start with that hundred, you lose twelve percent. So you're down to eighty-eight thousand. So that year the market might have lost fifty, but you lost twelve. Yes. Okay. The next year the market gained a hundred percent, but maybe you only gained twenty-five percent of that. Okay. But you're then you're down another ten the next year, but not you're not down fifty, you're down ten. So you're sitting at ninety-nine thousand now. And then the next year the market went up a hundred again. But you're only up 30. Oh, Do you know you averaged not 25%, but you averaged 8.2%. And do you know what your balance would be? 128,000 instead of 100,000. So you could look at those two scenarios and say, well, would you want to average 25% or would you want to average 8%? Well, it's, it's again, it can be misleading. Gotcha. It's two different ways to have your money managed. So this is the way that I want to explain to people because a lot of people are not aware that this is a way you can have your money managed even. Because mm-hmm. before 2000, this was not available. It's through. Do you mean the averages or? Oh, okay. No, I'm okay. ta- um, the way that you can have your money managed called third party money management. Okay. It's. It's a different way of investing than what we were talking about, than the way most people have their money in just a set of mutual funds. Buy and hold is typically what people call that, where you buy a certain mix of mutual funds and you just hold on to it. Okay. So this is different. And before 2000, this really was, it was reserved for people that had over million dollar accounts, multiple million dollar accounts, because it has a lot more active moving parts and protection. Okay. And so what happens is they react to the markets when the markets are shifting, when they have these big shifts. And the reason why they had to reserve it for big accounts is because before technology, they were having to fax trades. Okay. So anytime there was movement, they were having, it was a lot more labor intensive. They could only take on a certain amount of money, really. Right. Now with technology, you can push a button and you can and you can affect a trade in thousands of accounts at one time. Right. right? So what's neat is that it's become a lot more available to more people, but not everyone is familiar with it or aware of it. And one of the reasons is that not all advisors work with these types of programs. You have to have certain licensing. You have to be a fiduciary. Okay. And a fiduciary means that you're going to operate in the best interest of the client first in all scenarios and put their interests before your own. Not all advisors are licensed that way. Okay. So that's, that is a big, that's a difference. I'm not saying advisors that aren't licensed that way aren't doing what's in your best interest, but there's just different licenses out there. Correct. So it's important to understand some of those things. So what active management is, so you've got these ups and downs in the markets. When the markets, they can't predict anything, right? None of us can predict anything. Right. But when they start to see indicators and things are showing that the market is turning down, they'll start to make shifts then when when things do start to turn. So there could be some losses, like in that example, right? Maybe it went down 12% if you're more aggressive. 
um, or even conservative, it could have dropped some, right? Right. But then they've made some shifts. So they'll either move it to different areas that might be more stable during that time. Some companies will go completely out of the market. That can be a great place to be during certain market cycle times. Yes. It's just out of the market. Like some people might be right now if they're just scared and don't know what to do. Right. Right. But right now might be a great time to be in the market because we've seen some great growth in the market here. So if you have a fiduciary who is working on your account, then it's their job to kind of sit there and, and manage those right. larger shifts instead of just going, put the money in and leave it. Right. Okay. And so, and that, and I don't do the management. So mm-hmm. the way it operates, so I'm an advisor and I have the fiduciary licensing. My job is to manage the money managers. Okay. So that when I sit down with people, I look at their scenario, what they have, and then I look at, okay, what money managers might make sense for this person in their scenario? Then we'll have a conversation about, well, there's this manager, and I think this one would be appropriate for you because of this. But it's very easy to change, too. Money managers are easy to to move from. It's very uh, it's very flexible. Okay. And there's no penalties or, or fees or anything like that. For switching. To do that, right. There's certain financial products out there that you're really kind of committed for a certain amount of time. And that's not good or bad either. It's just that's the way some are. But this is a very transparent, very flexible way of having your money managed. Now, when you are talking about moving from a regular, like if we're, we're going, okay, I'm going to try and do this investment thing in stocks and, and these kind of things. Uh, depending upon how you're doing an investment, is there an additional cost for me having something that's more hands-on, like a fiduciary type yep. management so team? Or, right. Okay. Right. So there's definitely fees involved. Okay. And there's fees with every investment. Okay. The nice part about with this type of management is that, like I said, it's transparent. So you know the fees that are coming out and you can see them for better or for worse. Sometimes you don't want to see the fees, right? Because (laughs) mutual funds in general, you don't see the fees. They get absorbed and you just get the bottom line dollar, right? right? So fees have been taken out, but they don't, it's not really a line item. Some things are changing on that, but that's typically you don't really see the fees in a lot of other types of products. This is a scenario where you can see the fees. They're right there, and it's a line item. Okay. So they show you exactly the fees, and you only pay for management during the time that you have it managed. Okay. So it's almost like having a, an attorney on retainer, right? You're only paying for what you're using, in a sense. So when would that? What does that mean? That time that is being managed. So what does it's that usually, count as? There's usually an annual percentage or an annual fee, and a lot of times it's similar to what people have in their mutual funds. Okay. I mean, it sometimes is a little more, but here's my question to people. Is it worth it to you to have some more peace of mind knowing that the money is going to be managed and moved around? Because I think for a lot of people, they they think that's how their money is already being managed. That they people think, are watching it that right. way. Yes. But that's not, I mean, that's not how mutual funds operate exactly. There is management and there is, there's an advisor and there's a money manager managing the mutual fund. But it's managed according to a prospectus, which okay. is a legal document, which says if you decide, Ms. Shannon, you want to use this international fund, they've really got to stay mostly then in international investments and things. They can't, right? Because you signed up for that. Okay. So they can't say, well, it's 2008 and this is not a good place to be, so let's move it into cash right now. Okay. They can't do that. It's up to you to sell that fund and get into a different fund. Ah, okay. Fair enough. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So, but if you're in this broader thing when you're working with a, so what am I calling in it? The money? It's third-party money management. Third-party money management. management. Active okay. management is kind of a buzzword. Like I said, some people will argue, and, and, and true, that there is active management going on inside of a mutual fund. But so it is kind of of a buzzword. 
But this is this is with third party money managers. They're institutional money managers that all they do is manage funds. In fact, clients don't have any direct communication typically with the with that company. Okay. It's through the advisor. The advisor then works with them, works with the client. They're the go between between the money management firm and the client. So what's neat though, so when you look at, like I said, the ups and downs, if you can avoid most of the downs and still capture most of the ups, yes, your balance will be so much greater than if you if you had it where you had those big swings and so forth. Right. You can just you can get ahead that much quicker. Because you're less likely to have one of those things where it just balances out and puts you back to where you right. were. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so like we talked about, most people have the majority of their retirement assets in 401ks. Yes. Now, that does somewhat limit what you can have, right? Because you have a fund lineup. However, more and more in today's now day and age with issues with companies not wanting to have any risk or any responsibility really with, with your retirement savings, because they know that, that it's mostly there, they will allow a lot of times certain retirement plans Fidelity is a big one where they have an option a lot of times in the plan that will allow you to put money in a certain section that will allow you to have it managed while it's still in your retirement plan. Not all companies will, but there's a few different ways that you can do that. And it's called, you know, if it's Schwab, it's called something else. If, if it's, it's Alaris, it's something else. Right. Okay. So sometimes, and really, until we look at the plan itself, we don't know for sure. But if you have a 401k plan that you've got some assets in, it, it, it never hurts to look at that. So what happens is then you, you keep your money there in your 401k plan, and then we can have management put on it. So there will be a fee for that. But if you can get further ahead financially and have that bigger account balance in the end, who cares? Right. And Cassandra, I think that this is another good point where we get down the road of I'm really busy. I'm working. I'm watching my kids. I don't read this stuff. Mm-hmm. You just, you know, you just really don't have time. But it's also one of those things I think you go when you hear the uh, the concept of should I speak with a financial planner, you go, I don't have that much money. I only have this little 401k because we minimize what we've had mm-hmm. and how much work we did to get this 401k. Right. But we just minimize it and we go, so I would never talk to a financial planner. But this <laughs> is a, a great example of, no, it's this is a time when you get when they send you that report that you really right. don't have either the time or the proclivity to read and interpret, right. you can just bring it to you right. or another financial planner and go, no, this is what this means. Because I remember right. that even to make it streamlined for me, getting an email that said, click this box and do that and do this. And I'm just clicking things. And I, I always would say no, because right. I had no idea if I saw, if if a checkbox came up and said, do you want third party money management? I probably would have said no, because I didn't know what it was. Right. And But the thing is, they won't ever ask you that though, because okay. you have to have an advisor help you with that because you have to decide on the money manager that's going to manage it. So it's not even like they have these money managers lined up. You have to work with an advisor to help you to do that. (laughs) See, you you learn something about them all the time. Yeah, And I think that's a perfect thing for us to come into is that we are taking some complex things and breaking them down for you. And that's what we do with our uh, help of our friends from ClearStep Financial. So we're going to cover that when we get back here on The Mom Show on My Talk 1071. Thank you for joining us here on The Mom Show. I'm Ms. Shannon, joined from ClearStep Financial with Cassandra Brazier. And Cassandra, I know I'm going to sound like a giant dork when I say this, but I think it's so fun to talk to you because talking about money is fun to me. Like, and figuring out how to get more money. Yeah. 
That's great. I'm enjoying this so much. So thank you for joining us. And if anyone has any questions out there, you can talk to Cassandra if you call us here at 651-641-1071. That's 651-641-1071. We'd be glad to give you some information. And today we have been talking about doing some investing. And and we specifically brought up some information about 401ks. And you want to follow up on that. Right. So there are a few companies I just want to throw out there because... Uh, oh, you know, through experience and things and working with different clients, we've been able to at least we know certain companies typically offer this. And I say typically because a, a bigger company can have a number of different 401k plans. So for certain management, they might have this kind of plan. So I, I say I'll say these companies. However, we still always need to look at that person's statement okay. and just make sure because there's there are some. There can be some variation basically within the plans. But if you work at one of these companies, it could be very likely that you can have third party management inside of your 401k. And it's not exclusive to these. Like I said, there's so many more out there. I just wanted to give a short list of some of the bigger ones to cover a broader spectrum. But 3M, um, typically they allow that. Anderson, a lot of medical industry companies like Park Nicolette, a lot of hospitals, doctor's offices a lot of times will have things that are available that in your plan, General Mills, Hayes Companies, Krauss Anderson, like the Mankato Clinic, the Minnesota State Retirement 457 plan. Oh, okay. That has the ability to have management inside of it. So if you're, uh, or even professors, a lot of times universities mm-hmm. will also, right? They'll have some of those kinds of options. Delta. So there's a lot, a of, lot of companies, bigger companies out there, that right? we have A lot here. of bigger mm-hmm. companies do. Um, and here's one tip too. Let's say that you're a small business owner and it's you or it's maybe you and a handful of employees, maybe you have a plan, maybe you don't, but there's a lot of really neat plans, and we can talk about this too on another show, but there's a lot of easy ways to start a plan that are extremely inexpensive and cost-effective, and it can give you benefits, tax deductions, and things doing it. Again, I have to always give that tax disclaimer. I'm not a tax advisor. Right. But there are some great ways that a small business can really have some benefits of putting a plan in place. And it's a nice employee benefit scenario where it's a benefit that can keep employees around longer, too. And that'll be so fun. I'm glad when we, that eventually we'll be able to get that to that on the show because I know that we do have a lot of, like, independent contractors mm-hmm. or entrepreneurs out there that listen to my talk. So giving them something that they could do to, again, differentiate themselves and do something good for them and their staff. That's That'll be really fun. So we'll get to that soon. Right. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing that people will ask a lot of times is, I left this job. Yes. What should I do with my old 401k? Right. So this is your opportunity because sometimes people think the best thing, let's move it into the new plan. Right. But really, this is your opportunity now where the investment world is your oyster, (laughs) right? right? So you can make the decision now, where do I want my money invested? Okay. how do I want to invest it in these 15 options that they're giving me? Right. So you don't have to put it in, like when we we go back to, we'll just dabble back into that compound interest mm -hmm. thing. Is it okay for me to go, that's now a different pot of money. I'm going to put it with a independent financial advisory company or something like that versus putting it into the new 401k. I start another 401k, obviously, because I want to be able to maximize Mm -hmm. those matches. Mm -hmm. Is that what you're saying? Is that it's okay? Yep. That's a good question. So what happens is when you leave a company and you have an old 401k, again, you can roll it. It's called rolling it over. And as long as you roll it over into an IRA and you don't take any money out, right? You don't say, hey, send me a check for $10,000. I want to spend that. 
as long as you don't do that and you just roll it all into an IRA, then you don't have any penalties or taxes or anything like that. And then you can move it wherever you want to. Right. So, yeah, a lot of times we'll look at different investment options. It could be third-party money management. It could be other investment vehicles that are appropriate for people's situation. Because depending on as you get close to retirement, too, it just... You you want to have sometimes you want certain things that might be more predictable with certain guarantees, which, you know, there's things like that. But there's other things that you may want to have a few different buckets of money, some things that might have some more growth that you're looking at for maybe a little bit further into retirement. Right. That you start to plan on. That's going to be 10 years into retirement. I'm going to plan on then starting an income from this. So we're going to try and grow this a little bit more. So there's all sorts of different ways of planning. But when you leave that job, that is that golden opportunity, right, that you can then decide. So that's where a lot of people will come to me at, at those times, even if they're clients already, they'll say, okay, we need to talk. I just left this job. What should I do with this? Right. Or that's when people will refer someone and say, hey, my friend just left their job. They don't know what to do. You know, can you help them? So I'm happy to, to meet with people, give them ideas, share information, teach them about their situation. I mean, that's what I love doing. Because that'll help because I, I, I can imagine that a lot of the anxiety when you're in that scenario is now I'm going to have two things I have to keep track of. Right. So it's easier for me just to put it in one place. Mm-hmm. So it's good to have someone like you and another financial advisor that can translate everything for you and go, it's not going to be more work right. or the work will be worth it. Right. <laughs> the cost benefit, uh, you know, you will, you will benefit from the additional time that this will take. Absolutely. Got it. Absolutely. Okay. Hi. It's always a, it's always fascinating. So again, if you have a question, you can contact us here at the Mom Show at 651-641-1071. That's 651-641-1071. We've been talking about planning for your retirement, getting yourself a bigger pot of money and not, you know, yes, we know that number sounds huge, but there are good strategies to get you to that number. There are, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember when I was when I was growing up. I mean, it's never too soon to start. If you have kids that are that are of the age where they're working. I mean, they could start a Roth. Okay. They could if they have some earned income, they could be investing into a Roth. So they just get in the habit when they're young. Right. Because you that's start not a lot of the thing. Young. A lot of the advice that you give sometimes is just get in the practice. Right. It's the same thing as working out. Like the more you do mm-hmm. it, the easier it becomes for you and the more you get just accustomed and it becomes mm-hmm. like kind of a reflex. To it do is it. like a muscle, right? It's saving is like you got to build those saving muscles and get in that <laughs> habit. But then just like working out, right? If you're someone who loves to work out and you get that good feeling, sometimes you don't necessarily want to go work out. You dread going. You get there. But what? how do you feel when you leave? Right. You feel great, don't you? Yes. But that's how savings is sometimes. Sometimes you're like, man, I really wish I could just buy this instead. Oh, but I'm going to save this. And you save it, right? You sacrifice <laughs> And then that feels now, good too. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then once you see that balance growing, you see it get bigger and bigger and growing and the interest is compounding. That's a great feeling too, right? You feel like, but it gives you a lot more peace of mind, a lot more comfort. It relieves stress because when you have more stability financially, that can relieve so much stress in your life. Sometimes I think people don't, maybe you do realize, right, how much stress it's creating. But when you can get your finances in order and have a good foundation, that just takes so much stress out of your life. Now, we talked a little bit about investing in like in the stock market and stuff. And Mm -hmm. I see lately, just because if you live your life online, Mm -hmm. you see commercials for things like E-Trade, but you even see like these, like I call them like there's an app version of everything now. Mm -hmm. And so one of the ones that I saw recently is this thing called Stash. So it's like (laughs) kind of this entry level thing that I signed up for that says that it's going to help me learn how to make like 
basically I call them mini investments yeah. in stocks. Yeah. So if people want to dabble, do you have some other suggestions on, I just mm. want to learn more and I want to, you know, something that it's, you know, because we want to make this feel open and free and something yeah. that people can get involved in. So if I want to try out, sure. how do you usually advise people on that? You know, that's a great question. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, I don't know if I have the best app to use or the best way to do that. Mm-hmm. If you really want to take on some investing and things, there are. There's a lot of different options. You can do E-Trade. You can do some of those different um, Meritrade accounts, TD Meritrade, right? But the Fidelity, they, there's all these different ones that you could open up an account to do it. Here's the thing I would say. Okay. If you're going to do that, take an amount that, I mean, it's really got to be looked at like if you're just starting out doing that, that it's almost like a hobby and you're okay losing it, right? Because you could be doing things unless you're watching it all the time or unless you take some courses and things. You've got to really, it's almost got to become your part-time job to manage it if you want to do it yourself. Mm -hmm. So, and that's great. I mean, if you want to learn about that and take that on and do that, that is awesome. And I give you credit because I don't do that. (laughs) I don't don't want to. I Uh want to spend my time doing other things. So I love that there are these institutional companies that have these people that love watching the market and love following all these indicators and things because I don't. I want to spend time with my family. I want to spend time. (laughs) doing fun things and going places and experiencing life and helping people with their finances. I don't want to be sitting in front of a computer watching this stuff. Ah, Perfect. Well, everybody can get information if they go to your website, clearstepfinancial.com. They can also go to Moms Talk Money on Facebook. And we're going to have a really cool event coming up on April 3rd, correct? Tuesday, April 3rd. Okay, so this is... So mark it on your calendars, everybody. this is exciting. I can't tell you how excited I am about Mm -hmm. this. So most of you have probably heard of Prudential. Yes, So one of their top economists is a woman named Dr. Quincy Crosby, and I've heard her speak many times. She comes and speaks to different financial advisors um, around the country. They bring her out to speak. She doesn't do that many client events or open to the public, but I've been able to get her booked that evening, and I just found out about it a few days ago that she's available. Oh, wonderful. So I said, oh my gosh, for sure, let's do it. I just, I would love to open it up to to allow people to come and hear her. So mark it on your calendar. I've still got to put some things in order for the venue and the event and so forth. But if you want me to put you on the list to get you the information, we're probably only going to be able to open it up to about 100 people. Just we're going to get a venue about that size and right. just have that space available. A very available. intimate conversation right, with somebody that you normally don't get questions. to speak to. Right. No, she's fantastic. I mean, you can see her on some of the, a few of the major news stations will have her on periodically. Um, but she's she's just brilliant. So I, I want her to talk a little bit about just how did she get to where she is in her career, right? What did she have to do? And then talk a little bit about the economy. And then next week, yes, we are going to have an IRS lady on talking about tax tips, getting all of your deductions. Again, don't leave money on the table. Perfect. Absolutely great timing for that. Thank you again for listening to The Mom Show. Again, you can go to mytalk1071.com, keyword mom show, and you could also go to Facebook and look for Moms Talk Money.